attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about all the nominations going to an awards contender that isn't universally liked are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Zoolander 2? She's hot. I trust her. I gotta say, I like Zoolander 2. I like Zoolander as well. So also, I like them all. You like them also? I like them also. So the flap is La La Land? Am I, am I guessing that correctly? I didn't really pay attention to who got yeah, nominated. Yeah, but the Razzie Award nominations came out too, and, and Zoolander 2 got the most oh, of those. Okay. And oh. La La Land got the most Oscar nominations. Who else got um, Razzies? I don't know. I'll tell you. <clears throat> we just started. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, all my right. vote for worst film of the year. Well, you agree. That's so right. no good. Gods of Egypt, which I saw in a hotel room in my recent auto show, Jack. actually went to a screening. Hey, God bless you. Yeah. But you didn't pay It's money. about white people playing black people. Isn't that what it's about? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Gerard like really Butler and, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Zoolander 2, Independence Day Resurgence. That's why it's not fair to give Zoolander 2. Just because it didn't work out, it's still a funny movie. It's you know, a funny I would movie. Tell you it's at least as funny as the first one. I think it's I funny. I said that on the show. I just think they shouldn't have used, you know, phones that had extension cords. It was just wrong. Yeah, packed full of jokes. <laughs> you know, it's not that. And maybe too many celebrity cameos. I don't know. I love celebrity cameos. Especially in that kind of movie where it's just peppered in all the time. It's yes, fun. and it's about celebrities. But I like yeah. this too. Hillary's America, the Secret History of the Democratic Party. Worst picture nomination. Are I you serious? Yeah. I think we should just give Donald Trump an award just for being alive. You know, worst, he's got one. Worst performance. It's yeah. called he's being the one. president. He's got a Razzie. No, he's got oh, a Razzie. Oh, he's got a Razzie. Some, some he does have a Razzie? Oh. Yeah. Was Home Alone too? Really? I, I can't oh, that's right. He was in the lobby. Something like that. He oh, played yeah. lobby guy Look, number one. part was so small and so bad, that, but it's still so small, they felt the need to give it an award for <laughs> but that. But it might have been for something I care about. Oh, he's God. only been in a few, but it's, it's so hard. he, he managed always, to get And he always plays himself. And the La La Land is, of course, the the goof on that. It's a very it's, sweet movie, but I it doesn't feel Oscar. It. Really? Cried for and 10 And you're straight. I, yes. I, from what yes, I know, I he's yeah. straight. Well, you're going to have to give yeah. away that straight I'll card. I'll prove it right now. <laughs> if you say it one more time, I don't want to watch that. No. I don't know. I don't know. You don't. <laughs> you don't. Uh, it's Jason Stewart, everybody. I'll Yay! Give you a, a, a formal introduction to our guest this week, chiming in already on our sexuality. No, I just was saying that I just couldn't watch it. I wasn't judging. <laughs> you can get the audio portion of the show and just enjoy it on iTunes. You could listen to Karen and I. No, having he was sex? He couldn't watch La La Land. Yeah, he's not saying oh, can't he watch you have sex. Watch us have sex. No, Paul is stuck <laughs> on <laughs> the sex. You guys, I said, I'm, I said I wanted to prove I was straight. You're like, I can't watch that. You're so <laughs> nervous. You guys are so I'm very. That I'm going to change you. Masculinity is very <laughs> fragile. I'm only gay on the weekends. It's too tiring to be gay every day now. It's just too hard. Hey, it's a Wednesday. Then we're good to go with the show. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the Movie like Showcast, everybody, part of the vast and sprawling Movie Guys empire. Now, you've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy mm-hmm. here. We bring the two together right on our show every week. Jokes, rants, sketches, previews, special ground guests, zero? bits. Ground zero. That's a little depressing. Okay, it is go sad. Ahead. Too <laughs> soon? Too yeah, soon, Jason? It might it took, be. It took me back there for a second. Uh, okay, you're a New Yorker? Yeah, well, I, in my heart, yeah. I was born there, but uh, raised out here by uh, two very annoying Jewish people. <laughs> Oh, those are my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and really, there's only two of them? I'm sure they're yeah. not listening. What, what was that? Uh, yeah. Wait, you think he has there's more than two, two annoying parents? Jews? Oh, uh, hey! Hello <laughs> down. We found them. You're going to have to hold my hand during this <laughs> if you say another thing. Is that your hand? <laughs> oh! Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. We're coming to you from the Admirals Club. That's our studio here in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. It's our lot in life. It's not I didn't a know lot, what that was when I heard you. I was on the little uh, paper. Well, the Admirals Club. I thought, God, maybe it's a really cool club. Oh, it's really cool. <laughs> You'll hear planes fly over. Just ignore it. Yeah. You. Okay. We it do. Uh, we offer up a new show every week here. Just search Google, Yahoo, or Bing, Bing, or Altiba. Right? I know. Which, uh, Yahoo's new name it. will be. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you weren't no, here we last were... week for that. Then. No. That's the new thing. Altiba. Hmm. Verizon bought Yahoo. They're going to become Altiba. Oh, God. Well, that's easy to spell. Next. Yes. Wait a minute. Is that the exactly. lead character in Wicked? Exactly. That's Alphabet. Oh, yes. That's that Alphabet. Very good. Did we already do that joke uh, last week? We should just search Alphabet. No, we waited for the musical theater jokes till you were back. Thank you. <laughs> Figured you would be there for those. Or yeah. the new version of Beaches, oh, which I saw goodness. Saturday. I got to tell you. So the whole you, film? Oh, uh, yeah. Who, who's who? Who's uh, playing ne- Barbara Hershey? Uh, God. Adina Menzel. Oh. Yeah. Adele Dazim. Yeah. Adele Dazim. Who's Whatever playing? Nia uh, Long. Who is a wonderful actress, and both of them she are is. great. But it's still it's beaches. I, 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 it was like the black version, you know, of uh, Steel Magnolias. Yes, I, it just didn't work because no. it wasn't the same f- film. It didn't have this. They, they cut things and changed it and moved it. Not, you know, mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with them being black. Certainly, it just it wasn't. Uh, are you pronouncing that right? Beaches. Yeah. Why opposed to what? <laughs> He's making a bitches joke. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. No, no, they weren't bitches. They weren't bitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. Ah! Right. Oh, Adam, you're missing out. <laughs> Adam, oh, he's on assignment. He's on assignment so in Ohio. Yeah. You have someone yeah. on assignment? Yes. yes. This show is big. It's, it's a big fancy. show. You don't realize I'm really nervous are. now. Yeah, yeah. Field correspondence, oh, people on assignment. And Adam's really cute if you think this one's cute. He's got more hair than I do. Mm-hmm. I don't care about him. No, really. oh. And I don't know if you're aware. But this show is absolutely... You know, Paul, uh, ever since the big election, my portfolio has been doing quite well, so I might actually have a little extra scratch for the show this week. <gasps> no, if that Bart, don't worry about it. The show is free, oh. is what I was in the middle of saying. Well, yeah, but I'll Bart, just... I'll take some of that scratch, bring it on over. What scratch? His cash. He pays what for the show. It's Cagney <laughs> for money. <laughs> what year is this? We're doing a film war bit all of a sudden. <laughs> I don't know. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Let me go around Let's the table say. and introduce everybody. Say. Uh, my name is Paul Preston here, your host for the hardest working comedy <laughs> show in all the land. We have Karen Volpe. You spell science with a Y. And what's upsetting is that I don't think even you know that that's wrong. And Bart Caius. She smiles excessively, but chewing is where she really excels. <coughs> but joining us all show long is the prolific character actor and stand-up comic who's appeared in the likes of Kindergarten Cop, oh <gasps> Love God. is Strange, and Tangerine, who can now be seen in the new on DVD and Blu-ray, The Birth of a Nation, with Nate Parker, Jason Stewart Yay! is with us. We've said it before, we'll say it again. I feel like there's I'm your a, official introduction. I, th- I feel like I'm at a much bigger show. It's a big show. You are a like big there's show. an audience. There's here. a huge audience. Where are you going, baby? He's done. That's it. Sticking around. Oh, he's getting closer. Yeah, I just oh. wanted to move in a little bit. Oh, oh. Just knock the table around. Don't worry what about it. What are you it. doing? Keep your well, keep we your legs. We got these new chairs. Paul. Keep your legs down. Come on. I well, basically <laughs> we have new chairs because I took the in, the outdoor furniture in because it's been raining for the last month. So now you have a bigger chair. You essentially moved you right right back to where you. Started. No, I'm 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 a very uh, crucial three inches closer. We all know what a difference three inches can make. Oh so, dear. Closer. Did you paint these chairs too? It's going I did. to be I a long I painted these chairs. They're just chairs I got from the neighbor. She was going to throw them away. I said, let me paint those, stick them outside by my I'm picnic exhausted. table. I'm exhausted. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you said go ahead because we do <laughs> offer a service here every week on the show and we don't want to skip out this week. No. As ever, we bring you... Movie Previews. 
We'll prep you for everything coming to theaters this weekend <laughs> and every exciting. weekend, spoiler-free, with Ooh. our patented preview of every new release coming to theaters. This week sees the wide release of Gold. Mm. I've seen it. Oh, we'll get a report <gasps> later. I want to hear about that. Starring Matthew McConaughey. Uh, yes. Who happens to be in a poster behind me, and of course, about a film about, you know, the... I don't even want to say very close to Birth of a Nation, and you, apparently my poster is not up there, and his is. It's okay. I'm not judging anybody. It was very insensitive. Go ahead, Paul McConaughey was in a movie, so I put a movie of his. Whatever. Up on I don't the want wall. to talk about it. <laughs> I'm breaking up with Free you. Free State of oh, Jones. He doesn't play. He doesn't play Nat Turner. So no, no. Yeah. He's he's white. But sort he, of, and that picture. Looks I don't black. know. It's very strange. I don't know what that picture is trying to say. It's scaring me. It's like he's looking in the window at us. Oh, or is that going to kill us, you know, in our sleep? Exactly. We also have opening this week Resident Evil, the final chapter. Let's see here. When the Lycans seek revenge against the vampires for trespassing on the werewolf's territory, the zombies see an opportunity to plot their own revenge against the dragons that inhibit the forests of the underworld. How close am I, Bart? Surprisingly, Paul, you're not that far off. Then again, I don't give a shit. True. Yes. And later in the show, ah. a dog's <laughs> purpose. Oh, my God. That is so fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Here's a clip. Fine. What is the meaning of life? Are we here for a reason? Is there a point to any of this? And why does food taste so much better in the trash? It's Jod. Josh Gad. Josh Gad. Josh Gash. Oh, he plays, <laughs> that's a, that's a, he's the voice of the dog. He's yeah. the voice of the dog. And the dog talks. God, there's never been a film like this before. I think its uh, mouth doesn't move, though. It's all the thoughts. Yeah. Oh, of the he dogs. narrates it's, the it's film. His thoughts. Yeah. yeah. It's the dog's thoughts. Yeah. Well. Sort of. He's also narrating. He seems to be telling the story. Yeah. And this is the, is it really coming out this movie? Because there was this whole controversy about whether the dog was hurt, and then uh, the, the PETA group apparently took the wrong. I love PETAs. Uh, oh. With like lamb, mm. yeah, I do too. But we're not talking about that, honey. God, it's, it's so great that you're so cute and sweet. <laughs> You're not, you're not There's bright. There's been more caressing in this show. <laughs> you're not bright. Than Doug, Doug Jones. Doug Jones has hands all over you, too. Doug Jones is handsy. In the living room, you asked to spoon with me, and I didn't even have any silverware. <laughs> okay. So this movie, I really hated that PETA did that, is that they pulled out one little piece of something yeah, and said this whole controversy about a film, and they hadn't even they didn't even talk to the people, and there was no investigation. And I think, I just want to say seriously, that this that kind of stuff really has to stop. Because I think, you know, a lot of people worked on this movie, trying to make it a wonderful movie for people to watch. And I think it's really terrible that when you do think it's it's what they call that new uh, thing. What's it called that Donald Trump made up, that new word? Alternate facts. Yes, alternative facts. facts. Of his administration. He didn't mm -hmm. make up that word. His the, the lovely, I won't even say her name, Carrie Ann. Or is that her name? Kellyanne. 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 I can't even remember. Kate McKinnon. Somebody should take her and just, someone's got to give her a decent dye job and, and do something with that hair. I mean, I, I don't mean to sound sexist, but God, if you have all that money and you're up there, you don't see any of the guys, you know. Did you see her outfit at the inauguration? It looked like something from the musical um, Will Rogers Follies. No, she like you know, Paddington really looked, at sex with she, Cheryl Channing. Really? She looked <laughs> like she worked a dog on a stick. That's <laughs> true. That much is true. Hot dog on a stick. <laughs> she just wasn't colors. wearing the hat. Yeah, it was That's like a hot dog thing. on a stick. Yeah, oh, I can't believe amazing. that. Yeah, but yeah. the thing Poor about thing. PETA She's, is yeah. I just worked with a friend, my, a friend of mine, Heather, on the uh, auto show tour I've been doing. And she was in wildlife. She told me the whole thing about about PETA. They don't want they don't want to look out for the well treatment of animals on sets. They don't want animals on set. They don't want animals in houses. They don't want animals involved really? in that anyway. Yes. Yeah, they just want them to run free. They, they don't and get hit by cars where? everywhere. They yeah. just, they belong to the earth. We shouldn't have any domain. No, over them in I don't any believe that. Whatsoever. They want 
dogs to just be living everywhere? Mm-hmm. That would be terrible for them. It's, I think so. That's because it's a bad idea, but it's nonetheless their thought. No, their, no, their I think thought. she's mistaken. I think that's too extreme. I don't think that's Well, the, the producer of A Dog's Purpose, by the way, wrote a great letter about how he wasn't on set and he wish he was. Gavin Pallone, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I think so. I saw, that's right. It's a great I letter. S- I saw it being interviewed on uh, one of the uh, entertainment shows, and that's where I got where they just showed this one clip, and it could be manipulated mm-hmm. and not sure. Sir, and not, something, you know, a dog can freak out, an actor can freak out, somebody, a child can freak out, anybody can have. I'd be freaking out if I didn't understand stand or was afraid of water or I, something you, you know? know something happened or just and apparently they were left putting him in the wrong way and they trained him the other way so he was in something got turned around and and there were people in the water who were helping him underneath i mean god no one helps me underneath <laughs> I, bart <you> know. <laughs> get in there you know it looked like the footage looked like every dog ever taking a bath i've ever yeah, seen yeah that's all i don't want to go in the tub i don't yeah. want to go in the tub that's all it was yeah every time i've given and then my the dog shot a bath. when the dog dives in the rapids is a cgi it's dog. not a real dog oh is it yeah, yeah. well well, the shot from the film. That's and not the film looks, footage. The film looks sweet, and Dennis Quaid is a brilliant, wonderful actor. So I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be sweet. He sobered up nicely for this. It looks Shut like. Shut up! Who are you? Dennis Quaid is very talented and wonderful. How do you know? What do you, do you, you're saying he has a drinking problem. Uh, yeah, right. No, no, that's his brother. That's oh. Randy. Randy. Randy's got an alien, and you I don't know. know and that, I got to say, I'm obsessed with them. It's amazing. Do you watch their videos? Him and his wife. Him and his wife. Cash? I've only seen I one. I am obsessed. The one she I put d- on the Rupert Murdoch mask. Is right, that that's oh. the one I've seen. I don't know what sex? it is, but it's just like it's a little Scientology. I don't know what it is. I, Leah Remy show, which is another one I'm obsessed with. <laughs> that's I, a great show. Oh yeah. I tried oh, to yeah, watch that show. I had a little trouble with it because I loved the storyline. I just didn't think that she produced a very compelling way to tell that story really yeah i thought oh. she was very one note were you distracted by her uh, outrageous manicure because that's <coughs> no. what that's what kept drawing my attention they were I they're like talons that. those fingers and they're they're sharpened to i a would point. have liked that too well it is where her makeup and hair is a bit excessive for, for just doing this yeah i think but i guess you know she's a, a new york jersey girl or something she looks like that but get away from that if you the, the show is really really important because they're shedding light on something that apparently is uh, really, really negative to a lot of people, and it's hurt a lot, especially broke, families. Bro- I was just going to say that and broke mm-hmm. up a lot of families, and I felt really bad. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's important for us to do that. I'm sure it's not all Scientologists, and I don't, you know, I don't know every Scientologist, but it looks like the it, the Seahawks or whatever, the ones that are on the boat. And the yeah, what do they that, call them? They are like seamen, sea orgs, sea orgs. Yeah. And whatever it is, but I'm not a big fan of you know uh, organized religion. Right, I'm not either because it's too sweeping. You have to be able to think of each individual case and and to just say what uh, this thing is bad no matter what and not look at the instances. I don't think that's. But I do. I do think it's important what she's doing Mm -hmm. because it's important to see things from a different point of view. I don't like organized religion because it's too expensive. Well, that if those oh. are the prices. My yeah, God. to go through each level. Yeah, no. Dear God, it's like the groundlings. Anyway, we got <laughs> right, we'll pick this up on the TV guys. The other yeah. show. Let's get back. Let's get to our first film. Oh, do All we right. have to? Uh, if it's January and we're thinking, didn't we just preview this? Uh-huh. And Underworld has already released its yearly sequel. Then we must be on the verge of a new Resident Evil movie, oh, yes. like the Saw franchise before it. Here comes Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. Here we go. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, a resident evil is one that's putting in time on site towards its doctorate in evil. This movie also has its masters in incarnate bloodlust with a minor in medieval jewelry. Resident Evil, the final chapter, is the sixth episode in the hit, as a percentage of budget, 
Resident Evil series. For anyone who doesn't know the Resident Evil movies, they're the ones with Mila Jovovich in them. She's like the female Vin Diesel. This is all she really wants to do. God, you're so beautiful. God, she's so beautiful, man. <laughs> am I right or wrong? Look at her. How am I supposed to do this interview? Look at this woman. Tell me your story. She's so beautiful. Go on, yo, man. Talk to me, baby. God, he's creepy. God, and he's sexy. <laughs> I love that voice. You're wrong. Talk to me like that. I'll do anything. And she plays not only a woman, but a yes. woman named Alice. Ooh. That's right. Alice. Not Raven or Sierra or even Piper or Harper, but Alice. Now, it's been 15 years since Evil first resided with Mia Jovovich in 2002's Resident Evil. But I can sum up the rest pretty quick. In 2004's Resident Evil Apocalypse, civilization was wiped out. 2007's Resident Evil Extinction was where people were wiped out. 2010's Resident Evil Afterlife was the one where they were alive after being wiped out. 2012's Resident Evil Retribution was the one where they got revenge for all that apocalypse. And now 2017's Resident Evil, the final chapter, is the one before the next one. Resident Evil 6 stopped buying its subtitles at the X-Men store and instead takes a page from Friday the 13th, whose final chapter signaled that series was only six chapters away from launching their lead into space. Resident Evil, the final chapter, is not to be confused with the upcoming Movie Guys production, Evil Resident's Assistant. Hey guys, I don't want to be a hard-on, but if you could keep the Dave Matthews down, I'm trying to drain the blood out of this virgin, and Nunez has a final tomorrow. Evil Resident's Assistant. Keenan. God, it smells like dryer sheets and marijuana in here. Evil residence assistant. Pen pending. Pen. Oh, pen, of pen, course. Pen, pen, pen. really want well, the, the RA. Here's the Resident Evil, uh, the final chapter plot. Gonna try not to be political here. There's enough of that on social media, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I appreciate you, Paul. The trailer opens with a shot of the dilapidated nation's capital and what looks like the future, most likely during Donald Trump's second term inauguration. I'm sorry. The How Tea Party that? virus has spread, destroying everything. I'm sorry. That's the T virus. Mm-hmm. The T virus. There looks as if some uh, climate change has been neglected as Alice, a nasty woman, marches on Washington to blow up the White House. Forget it, Bart. You better take over. <laughs> I don't think it's well, you possible. know, Paul, it is kind of hard to put into words everything that seems to be happening in this movie. So instead of trying to come up with our own description, we uh-huh. thought we would ask the movie itself just what the heck is going on with it. All right. So, Resident Evil, thank you for joining us here in the Admirals Club. And let's dive right in, shall we? What is this movie all about? Okay, Fighting right. and screaming. Right, sure, sure. That, yeah, that, that, that seems pretty it. obvious. Ah! Pretty ah! obvious. <laughs> uh, but we were also wondering about you know the, the plot specifically. Uh, can you perhaps uh, sum up the plot for us? She runs around. Oh. So beyond that, <laughs> yes. uh, is, there, is there something else happening maybe subtextually in this movie? Maybe possibly some social commentary undertones? No, that... I see. I see. You know what? Actually, I didn't think about that and uh, probably wouldn't have if you didn't bring it up. So uh, uh, that's very interesting. Now, finally, uh, what would you like audiences to take away from this movie? Yeah! More shooting! Ah! Ah! Well, we're going to thank you for coming in today, Resident Evil. This has been very informative and enlightening, and we really appreciate you taking time to stop by. Now, before you leave, are there any last comments you'd like to make about yourself, Resident Evil?
I think somebody's driving a truck. I heard it. I think I heard a truck. Listen, in Some, IMDb, and then they lost their keys. I know they did because it was so loud. And the music was going on and off, and the lights were going on. And then somebody pushed me, and I got anyway. I don't even. Know. Right, here's what the plot is: Alice Hi. must return to where the nightmare began, the hive in Raccoon City, where the Umbrella Corporation is gathering its forces. Now, here's an exclusive movie guys recording from the pitch session where a four-year-old sold the idea to Sony Pictures. And then she's in the hive, and then I, there's a raccoon city, and then there's this umbrella corporation, and then, and then, and then she sets people on fire. You been greenlit. It's that easy. <laughs> Go back to your room. <laughs> I know Alice is getting attacked by mutant humanoids or something, but the trailer makes it seem like she's getting attacked by bwongs. Yeah. <laughs> Do you bongs? know bwong? Bwong is my favorite thing. Oh, I thought it was something you smoke grass out of. In this trailer? In, in trailers nowadays. Well, that's a bwong, not a bong. No, this is a bwong. Okay. You uh, hear it bwong. all the time. Yes. All the time. Here's a, here's a clip. Picture this. This is loaded with bwongs. Umbrella developed an airborne antivirus. It would destroy the T-virus. I have no reason to believe a word you say. True, but I can offer you something you want very much. What is that? Revenge. You just put them all together they and wrap that up a lot faster. in those movies that talks like this. My voice is really raspy and all of a sudden I have to say these things. I'm very upset that I have to say them. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm really upset. Yes. <laughs> It would destroy gun. the T-virus. Oh, there's, I have there's no a T-virus. It's a V-virus. And then I have an HIK-virus. <laughs> the elemental P-virus is the one you got to really watch. You know, Jason, for. it sounds like someone who needs to have their morning coffee. Yeah, well, I, 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 did, I did the remake of The Pit and the Pendulum, and I played the Vincent Price role. And I tick-tock, tick-tock, back and forth. It swings. Nice. Yes. Where was this? This is in a movie called The Pit and the Pendulum. It's a remake. But when, when they remake that? Oh, it was crappy, and oh. no one ever mm. saw it. And it was a fun director, and I got to be in the movie, and I was just happy that, and I got a lot of voice. I can hear you doing Vincent Price. I can hear you doing Vin Diesel. Uh, yes. I'd like to do Vin Diesel too. Who <laughs> wouldn't? Sing. Ouch. Oh. Good night, everybody. He got to work with Sidney oh. Lamette, so. This is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, a director that likes to combine cinematic elements that appeal to the audiences of Paul Thomas Anderson, as well as the, the appeal to audiences of Wes Anderson to make a movie that appeals to neither of them. We played a long game, you and I, but now it's over. Oh, good. That. That's now, my where's part. that Frogger film we've been promised? That's <laughs> what we need. It's the Frogger movie. That's Resident Evil, the final chapter. See, now, Jason, now we talk about it. Nothing left to say, Jason. I'm so sorry. I messed it, it all up. No, 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 whatever. If you want to, hey, listen, if anyone wants to uh, profess their love for Mia Jovovich. You guys joked and said that she doesn't want to do anything else. This gal has had a career. I was just looking. I would want it. She was a Dazed and Confused. Yeah. That's great, yeah. Yeah, so she got to element. work with the same director of Boyd. <laughs> she had done uh, The Fifth Element, and that, mm -hmm. that was really good. And then she uh, also did He Got Game. With Denzel, and then she was uh, she was Joan of Arc, and she got to work with Dustin Hoffman and Faye Dunaway. I mean, in that, and then she did the original Zoolander. I mean, she really has had a career. I mean, she really has. I mean, certainly she's a beautiful woman who's now forty something. She did Ultraviolet, and I don't know if that was a successful movie, but that was another. That's Uva Bowl. It was not. It wasn't. <laughs> and then she did Dirty Girl with uh, Ellen Barkin, which was a really interesting Ooh. indie film, which I remember. And then she did Stone a couple years ago with De Niro. 
I mean, I'm really thinking. Are you hey, repping Mila or something? No, but I'm so. just thinking. I think sometimes people say, "Well, why do they do this?" And I know she's. This is probably her big money maker, and then Absolutely. she gets to do any indie film she wants. If those to other do. movies were so good, why weren't there sequels? That's all I'm saying. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> oh this one these. clearly is the best. <laughs> she's right. in Zoolander too. Oh. She plays uh, Kayaka, Kanika. Not Kanika. Yeah. She's my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. From the Riley <laughs> Martin School of Naming Characters. <laughs> you didn't even mention the fourth kind. The fourth kind. And she yeah. was also in the Three Musketeers. So if it has and the fifth element. She likes numbers. She's got four, five, six, seven, and eight. She's beefed up a little bit from the fifth element. Though. Well, she, I remember her being a very pixie <laughs> pixie girl. She was wafy. Wafy. She, was yeah. she has some muscles now. Yeah. She's a model. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't allowed to eat. Was she so a model she, model? Oh, yeah. Like a model type I, model? I think she's a big one, yeah. Oh. That's I how she know. started, I believe. Yeah, oh. she's tall, beautiful. Well, I mean, these films are made for straight boys, little straight boys who just, <coughs> like yourself, when you were younger and you wanted to go into a movie theater and watch a pretty girl. There you go. You know, fall and look back and some guy, he was really big and you could fantasize about looking like him and occasionally you would think, oh God, well, no, I shouldn't. Isn't Mila the one who barely had a top? She was just wearing a piece of tape in yeah. her Yeah, element, yeah. Yes, yes, oh, yeah, yes. yeah. Well, you know, in, in these movies, usually there's only one woman, but what's really neat is the woman is the lead in these films, so that's, that's sort of cool. And they're really popular. Mm-hmm. With these boys, so that tells you something about something, you know. She's married to the director. Oh, is she? I yeah. love that. Paul Good for w. them. Oliver for all. Oh, so they so this is their thing to do every year that where they make some money. Yeah, that, they that pay was Kate Beckinsale's thing taxes. with her husband in the Underworld movies, right? But they've broken up, so I don't know why she keeps making. <gasps> Did them. they really? Oh, because she's in. You know, it's she's smart, mm-hmm. and she gets to do on other kind of things when she wants to. I mean, it. it, it you all got to do something. You, you know, people always got somebody will say to me, "Why did you do that movie?" <laughs> they paid they me. They paid me. <laughs> you know, and I was thrilled mm-hmm. to get it. People don't know it's so hard to get a part in something. It yeah, is. It really true. is. You know, you know what? It's hard. To, it's hard to get an audition. It's easier to get the part than it is to yeah, get the audition. You're absolutely right. The getting the audition is the, the work. Well, theoretically, you're up against fewer people in the audition. Then you are getting the audition. Yeah, exactly. Because anybody has potential to get the Why do you have to wear those glasses? I know. So I can read. Oh. No. And see things. I don't think you need to read. No. Reading makes me sleepy. Pretty people don't need to read. <laughs> no, no. See, we've written all these jokes, Jason. <laughs> oh, 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 there are more? Okay, go well, ahead. Yeah, so we have to talk movies. about another movie. Let's do it. Let's do it. What's I want to talk about Well, our next one. film, it's called A Dog's Purpose. To chew on your new pair of shoes? No. Mm. To take a dump in the living room? No, A Dog's Purpose is... to dig up the flower garden. I know. Have sex with your leg. No. Yeah. Let me finish. A dog's purpose is... To lick his own balls. No. Can you're, you say that? You're right. I was just kidding. That is, that's my purpose. It's not true. <laughs> oh. so it's, it's a dream of mine. Really? <laughs> All right, I can help you out with that. You're out of this preview. Sorry, okay. you, Jason. <laughs> Karen, you and I are going to talk oh, about good this. Doggy it's movie. a great fit for you. So let's talk about right. a dog's purpose. Here we go. Ain't no big dog coming back. Ain't no bad A little loud love it, everybody. Finally, the answer yeah. to the generation's long question while cleaning up puke. What's a dog's purpose again? A dog's purpose was chosen as a title when au- test audiences found the title Bark at Nothing, Stare at You, Sniff His Crotch to be a little on the nose for the movie. This movie is pure Karen porn. Oh, yes. But not just Karen porn. This is like all anal action Karen porn <laughs> because it's not just about a cute doggy. It's about ah. how cute doggies are better than us and we are all cute doggies Yay. and all hail President Dog. <laughs> and unlike Trump... This one's housebroken. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I always enjoy that. Yeah. Now, I ask you, what is more adorable than a movie about a cute little dog? A movie about a whole bunch of cute little dogs. Though technically this movie is about a single dog that ends up taking the form of many dogs after being reincarnated over and over. 
So I ask you, what is sadder than a movie about a cute little dog dying? A movie about a whole bunch of cute little dogs dying. I don't think they quite thought that through on this one. Way to go, movie. Oh, the movie is about the many lives that the soul of a particular dog inhabits. Aww. The story follows the spirit of man's best friend as it keeps being reincarnated into one dog after another, starting out as Bailey, the best friend of a young boy named Ethan. Ethan is troubled by a sometimes abusive and alcoholic father, but he finds in Bailey a trusted friend and confidant. The two are joined at the hip, spending every waking moment together, growing and sharing life like only a boy and his dog could. Until one day, Bailey dies. Oh, that's really sad. But don't worry. Oh. He comes back to life. Hey, He's Jesus' dog. Hey. This time as Ellie, a German shepherd who works as a police dog for the Chicago Police Department. Ellie and her partner, Officer Carlos, become inseparable, fighting crime and forging an unbreakable bond of trust until one day in the line of duty, Ellie dies. Wow, what? That's kind of a bummer, oh, Paul. Again? What did that uh, but then she comes back to life again. Yay! Glad to hear it. close. Next up is Tino, a corgi that corgi. is adopted by a college student. Tino and the young co-ed form an endearing friendship until Tino dies. Paul, what, were really? you really with that? Again? Come on. But wait, he's back again. No. After Tino, it's Buddy, the Australian Shepherd St. Bernard mix, who... All right, is- hang on a second. Let's just stop right there. I think I know where this is going. That'll be enough. We get the point. I only have so many tears. All right. Well, listen, just to catch the listeners up, the dog returns to Earth a number of times to make terrible mistakes in a brand new life. And each time the mutt respawns, it lives another Disney adventure and brings meaning to the lives of this country's many sad sacks. Live, Die, Repeat, Canine Edition stars Dennis Quaid, (laughs) K.J. Appa, Britt Robertson, and Josh Gad as the voice of the dog, or dogs. Along with Frozen, Angry Birds, and an Ice Age movie, Josh Gad seems to be proving that he truly does have a face for voiceover. A dog's purpose. Uh, It's the movie nobody's calling Cloud Atlas meets All Dogs Go to Heaven. There you go. That's (laughs) Cloud Atlas. I almost forgot about that movie. I did forget about that movie. Oh, that was horrible. This this feels like a, a... this, I get the impression yes. this might be a, a kind of brilliant movie. I hope so, because I cried three times during the trailer. At least. I right? cry during the trailer. You I did can't not. just Seriously? Yes, three times. It's a very it good way. I can't handle this movie. I can't handle dog stuff. I We're love just, it. it. So you don't care if people die, just dogs. Yes. Uh, Kids do not make me cry in movies. Dogs, animals. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I could watch it. Okay, so the dog died. No, Next. I can't handle it. Man, the minute a dog dies in something, I'm done watching it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, the one with Kevin Spacey, the very first episode. House of Cards. Got as far as him killing the dog, I was done. I was like, screw you, TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh, when he shot the dog. He the... smushes it like oh, it right, got hit right. by a car or something. Well, I was trying to show that he wasn't a good person. And it worked. And I said, I'm done with you, dumb movie. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, the director is Lassen Holstrom. Oh, Lassie, yeah. yay! He's great. Doggy and Peggy Lipton from the Mod Squad and Twin Peaks is in it. Oh, well, I hope she shows up in the Twin Peaks reboot. Oh my God! Anyway, go ahead. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, you stay on your phone. You tell us. People at home, though, don't go to your phone now. <laughs> even though our guest is, <laughs> stick with us. At least he's not playing Angry Birds. He's actually looking up the movie. Well, I am, and Julian uh, Rylands is in it, who is married to Mark Rylands, or, or is either his wife or his sister. I can't remember. I, mean, I hope could be both. But he's Irish. I was gonna say, I hope it's not both. Okay. This does really have a wonderful cast, I have to say. John oh, Dennis Ortiz Quaid. Is a, is a wonderful actor. Dennis Quaid is great. I mean, this, I mean, I got to say, and, and Josh Gad, he plays all three dogs. So uh-huh. the dog actually. It's the same. It's the same. Spirit, I think. Person dog. Mm-hmm. And Peggy Lipton, God, she, she must, she's, God, she, how does she look so good? She must be at least 65. And, oh, God. Well, let's go see how old she is. Anyway. <laughs> 
tangent. Well, because they're trying to take this off IMDb. Mm-hmm. She's 70. This woman is 70. Oh my, this is a 70 year old woman. She's beautiful. Not I mean, at that we, moment, not yeah, in that picture. Yeah. No, I'm, th- well, th- what was this, 60? I, I can't believe it. There's something deathly wrong with what's happening. Soul to soul, apparently. <laughs> yeah, the crossroads. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's those hormones that everybody's taking. That's why everybody's so shiny. But hormones. we were talking about the, the controversy and about them. If you've seen the video, they basically just kind of throw this German shepherd into the into the water. And one of the unfortunate side effects is, is that the dog wouldn't act after that. They had other scenes, and they had to do the scene over and over again. So they had to entice it with hot dogs and ice cream cones, much like they did with Marlon Brando later in his career. <laughs> I knew that was going somewhere. I was like, if I just keep, I'm going to let this go and see where that drops. Thank you. Mm. I feel pretty proud of myself. So how can you find Will Smith in the snow? <laughs> um, look for the fresh prints. That's right. Zing. Uh, they good had, night, uh, everybody. <laughs> they, yeah, they even had like the, the cards taped to the other actors that said bark, bark, bark on it so the dog knew what to say. <laughs> but it seems they like did that, mean, even, they did that in The Godfather. Just like Brando. Yeah. Is this the movie that you want to bring your kids to? That's the thing. It's like, it's so I think it teaches kids about death in a way because you get over to and s- over, again. over and over again. <laughs> I don't know how, I mean, I think it's probably not good for really little kids. I don't know. It depends on if you like the kid. I. <laughs> but wouldn't it be refreshing for a uh, story about death and the usual one i mean if a kid finds out wait my dog dies he goes and has another adventure yeah it's all good none of us have do you have kids no i just can't imagine having children I can't. what would you do what what if you got one that didn't work out i know it's I, that I, happens you, all you, the time you go to your the life cl- <laughs> you go to the clerk and go i'm sorry this one's not working out. i'd like to have it exchanged <laughs> something's wrong the batteries fell out it's just like it's just not gonna i happen. can't imagine yeah. Yeah. With i think kid. life heart is hard enough right now i can't imagine going you know what i'm gonna take a wild card, put it in my life and be responsible for it forever. Forever, that's the thing. No. How long? When does this run out? That's my father who used to say to me. When are we done with this? When is it not my turn? (sighs) But I guess people tell me that apparently when you have a kid, you like it. I can't. I can't believe it. It has to happen. It I has to happen. But I know so many. I mentor a lot of kids I in their late teens and twenties, and I, I, I think, oh God, I'm glad. Yeah, you're done. Go home. It's done. We're done. Yeah. And what I hate is when they don't do it. They take me what you tell them to do, and they just don't do it. They don't do it. How do? Yeah. How, how, how do, do you deal with it? How does that work? I don't yeah. know. I'm in charge. What I'm, if you, they go away? What if they lived in your house and you're like, hey, when you're done using the stove, could you turn it off so we don't die? And they're like, no. But think about the movies we saw as kids. I mean, they were they were all very scary, and people oh, were Bambi. dying all the time. This is this is a well, we weren't so sensitive then. I exactly, mean, this is a generation of uh, participation trophies. Oh, right? oh yeah, you're number sixty two. Yeah. You're so great. Yeah, you know, as a kid, you open up the arc, guys' heads explode. Whatever, I go on my day. It's, no. <laughs> when I was a kid, if Not I came crushed. in third, I didn't. Well, if I came in fourth, I didn't get a trophy, and then I tried harder next year. Yep. Right. Or he just went and played volleyball. Yeah, instead. I said, screw this. I'm not a softball player. When I was a kid, my mother would give me just a little whiskey. i go to sleep, and then she can go shopping and have sex with the butcher. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that sounds good. That's my mom. I always yeah. did like your mother. Oh. Uh, were you a butcher? He was. You should see his meat. Uh, we, oh. Well okay, done, We got another Karen. movie. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Karen, uh, Matthew yes? McConaughey is back <gasps> yes! again. I know you love him. I do. And uh, here he's fat and bald. <gasps> I got to tell you, though, I was all excited about this movie because I thought it was fool's gold, and I thought that he was going to be shiny. I really like when Matthew McConaughey is shiny. Nope, fat and bald. No, Sorry, fat honey. Fat and bald, and you could see occasionally. Sometimes mm, you could see that. You know, no. Let's talk about gold. Good news, Free State of Jones fan. The McConaughey continues this month as Matthew McConaughey returns to give getting nominated for an Academy Award a second shot. Since it's Oscar season, it's once again time for the running of the eccentrics. 
The eccentric of the week is Kenny Wells. Gold tells his story of how one washed-up businessman risked it all to discover gold in an Indonesian jungle and became one of the richest men on Earth, and therefore also smart. Now, how do I know this movie might be depressing? Because the trailer starts with Reno, 1988. It's here that Wells inherits the family business of mining. Unfortunately, Kenny seems to lack the Midas touch and eventually finds himself hitting rock bottom, losing his house and having to move in, to move in with his girlfriend, Kay, played by Bryce Dallas Howard. With a really beautiful wig. Go ahead. And on second thought, <laughs> how rock bottom can you be when your backup plan is moving in with Bryce Dallas Howard? Exactly. Something, something, Bryce Dallas Howard Buyers Club. <laughs> Kenny begins a slow descent into occasional drunkenness, prompting a booze-induced vision about gold in them thar hills. Unfortunately, them thar hills are in one of the world's most remote and dangerous jungles. Detroit? No, Indonesia. Yeah. I mentioned that already. Yes, but Detroit was still a valid guess, Paul. Right. Teaming true. up with geologist Mikel, Michael Acosta, played by Edgar Ramirez. These are hard names. Michael hard. is hard. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> the two head into the jungles of a third world Southeast Asian country where everything goes smoothly as they try to unearth Earth's most precious metal. Gold! Gold! He found it! Hey, Eureka! Gold! 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 Now, my rule is never go to a country whose name sounds like a symptom. But having no such personal rule, Wells goes to Indonesia. The jungle is unforgiving, as narrator Werner Herzog will tell you. Of course, there's a lot of misery, but it is the same misery that is all around us. The trees here are in misery, and the birds are in misery. I don't think they, they sing, they just screech in pain. Oh my. If your dream involves going to Indonesia, it might be time to pick another dream. <laughs> but there, they found a fortune. And according to movie physics, money can't be gained without generating the equal and opposite reaction to lose it. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming this movie doesn't cut to the credits after it goes all awesome. Nope, the fortune doesn't come without a few trials and tribulations. Kenny falls ill to malaria, the miners they hired to do all the digging quit, and the jungle they are in seems to be haunted by a mysterious humming ghost. Hey, you. <laughs> okay, I dated one. him. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, they strike it rich with one of the biggest gold finds in history. But billions of dollars in gold itself wasn't enough for Kenny Wells. No, he wanted even more. Hmm. So what does he do? He heads to Wall Street. Quite <laughs> stop that. <laughs> Here he quickly learns that you better know how to walk the talk or talk the walk or Walker, Texas, walkie-talkie ranger or something. I was never good at business. Unlike the clap, the problem with having a lot of gold is that a bunch of greedy old men expect you to give it to them. Or worse yet, these greedy old men just try and take it away from you, much like your virginity. Here's the scene where Kenny starts to realize that his empire is being threatened. I'm struck and rich! I'm a billionaire! I'm a trillionaire! I'm a zillionaire! I'm rich! I'm rich! I'm... I'm... Now, McConaughey plays bald as Wells. Oh. Second only to growing a beard, playing bald is a surefire way to let the world know that you are to be taken seriously as an actor. Oh, and God. whenever an actor plays bald <laughs> for a role, not only are you forced to take him seriously, but you also have to wonder, is he playing bald or just going all natural? You know, like with John Travolta, Bruce Willis, John Cryer, Nicolas Cage, Ted Danson, Albert Brooks, Woody Harrelson, and Kirstie Alley. <laughs> Will Wells be able to tow his ship over the mountain and bring opera to the natives? We'll see, or we'll just break the seal of that Fitzcarraldo Blu-ray we bought to impress that cute girl from the marijuana dispensary until she didn't show up or even act like she knew me at the showing of Dr. Strangelove at the New Beverly. Pretty sure Adam wrote that line, by the way. Okay. I think so. I think that's an Adam line. And that's gold. Oh. Yay!
Oh, that's Milo. <laughs> I'm just excited that we get to listen to Spando Ballet. I went to a screening where Matthew was there and so was Edgar. They were both at the screening because oh, cool. I was invited because I'm a celebrity. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I, it was really interesting. The film is good. It's just, it's it's complicated. It's a complicated story. And I did think that him being fat and bald was a little distracting. For some reason, it just didn't work for me. And I don't know why. I can't tell you why. Though he's a wonderful actor. And Edgar is a terrific actor. It, it's based on a real person. This really mm-hmm. happened. I think it's a book. Is it a book? Uh, or the no. story is based on a real a real person's story. Based on real events, probably. Yeah, it, yeah, and and it, it was really a, a dynamic. But I, you know, it's just it's it's the idea that the you know people who get money don't know what to do with it. It's sort of sad. It made me sad. But uh, the film is good. And it's worth a watch. Was he real fat? Because I'm pretty sure the bald is fake. No, no, he's fake he, fat. He's he uh, he was fat, and I no, was yeah, like, he, I was he gained like, weight. He yeah. said he ate just fast food every day. Yeah, yeah. and I just and I and I. What's interesting is he came and he looked gorgeous again. Did he have his hair back? Yeah, okay. he looked gorgeous again, which Thank really you. irritated me. Like he could like gain all this weight and just lose it. It was like he nothing. said. He said on Howard Stern that he is vain and he is willing to gain weight and lose weight depending on what needs to be done because he's so vain. He knows he will get back in shape as soon as they wrap. <sighs> he said, "I just know I will because I can't. I well, have he, to." Is he forty yet? I think oh, so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah so wait, wait. When he gets a little, and he older, won't be able to do that. It's as really, easily. really hard. It really mm-hmm. messes with your body. Apparently, Tom Hanks has had some problems with it uh, physically because you can't lose and gain that. I think he got diabetes, right? Did he? I think so. Yeah. Oh, from right. Castaway? I don't know if he got it from that, but he has. Oh, it. that's true. I, wonder I think he it was Angels down. and Aspects. One, I think that's what gave him diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Tom Hanks. I can't believe he wasn't nominated for Sully. Oh, I he, can't believe either. I absolutely loved that movie. I, I thought he nailed it. I I I liked the movie. I didn't love the movie. Oh, that was. Really, but, but I liked. I really uh, liked his performance. I thought it was extraordinary. I love Captain Phillips. I thought Captain Phillips was one of the most brilliant films. Mm-hmm. I that last fifteen minutes. Was yes, where he's crying. The, the best. It wasn't even crying. It was his his complete dis. He breaks down. Completely lost, and mm-hmm. you know. And apparently, uh, that whole scene was improvised. But oh, you have no doubt he was there. And he had just gone through everything you watched in that movie. He also did not. He's meet, so authentic. He I did mean. not meet the other actors. Uh, Paul Greengrass, I think that's who directed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did not meet the other actors until he got on the boat. So they wanted that sort of shock oh. feeling of like, oh. My I went God. to a Q and A with Hanks because I'm a celebrity, and he <laughs> said that um, Paul Greengrass just hired a nurse and said, "I don't even have any direction for you except do your job. Do what you ask would do in this situation. Ask the questions you would ask. Do the things you have to do." I sort of hated that part, but uh, I don't like real people in movies, and she was a little boring, um, but he was great. He was uh, really great. I didn't see any differentiation between we the authenticity the, of both of them. Are we going to talk about the Oscar nominations? We can. I bought a brother because you mentioned uh, yeah, I th- Hanks in that a little who, bit. So who got nominated for Best Actor? Tell everybody. Casey Affleck, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling, Viggo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic, and Denzel for Fences. I got to say Vito was absolutely, Vigo rather, yeah was brilliant. Uh, Captain Fantastic was really a dumb name for that movie because it really sounds like one of these action adventure films and right. it's not. It's about this man who decides to live off the grid with his wife and, the, and his wife apparently was bipolar or had some problems I and mean, she gets really sick and ha- gets cancer and she passes away 
and th- and then they have to come back. The kids have to come back, and her, apparently her family is very wealthy, and the father, and it, you know what it's like for the kids to deal with getting back into society. And the kids are so smart and interesting. It was just a wonderful film. It, it, it sounds like an Elton John biopic too. It, uh, <laughs> either way, either way, it's not what you think it would be when you hear Captain Fantastic. Exa- no, again, yes, not, not and and uh, and Denzel in Fences is probably one of the most, just his ability with language. I mean, it's a very language-oriented play, a film. That, that's the only thing. It's more of a, it's more of a play on Yeah, it's film. not very cinematic as no, a film. But no, they I, I thought that was the one that thing that I didn't like about it, and they didn't open it up. They didn't even open it up. And I noticed that, have, too. that would have given you a couple more women's roles. Yes, I was thinking we could have seen the, you know, the, the I don't want to ruin it, but yeah. We could have seen the, the other woman. Yep. We could have seen also. I agree. The uh, uh be- the wife of the his best friend yep. and their relationship and that and that would have been really good. We yeah. saw a little bit of the woman, the wife going to church and and finding peace and the, the comfort of those women and getting baptized. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. That was and, the and only Viola, thing that was Viola different. Viola Davis is extraordinary in the film, but the I one thing I think she's is, your lock for the. I for think Oscar she is night. too, but she really is not in a supporting role. I don't. It's think the so. lead, and I it's think that's lead. wrong, and I think it's really wrong that they I'll did give that. you that. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I give the uh, Oscar to Affleck, by the way. I saw the film and I loved I hope he doesn't ever hear this but I love Casey and I thought he was good in the film but to me it's not an Oscar I I wouldn't I mean I think that I love Kenneth Longrun I think he's brilliant and I think the film is brilliant I think there's two problems with it again the women's roles are too small and the two Oscar moments are done in silent uh, in silence and slow-mo when he I don't want to tell the because I don't want to wreck it for the people, but there's two major moments in the film, and I thought that was a directorial mistake for me. Uh, but I think that he does a very good job. Well, I, I think the Affleck and Michelle Williams scene is that is done. Yeah, but she's not the one. Slow-mo. She's the it's one. Her, but that's yeah. a major and Oscar she, moment. Yeah, but she should, both she's really she just friggin' I mean steals that that scene and steals that whole thing uh, with the blonde wig and the whole thing. And, I, and, I, uh, I think uh, thing for I wigs. Think, Playing, uh, playing the the one. pain and the repression of it, the way he did that whole film. Well, I the think, film I is about the loss of, of children, and, and it's just extraordinary. She has an extraordinary performance, but she's not going to win, and that really is a supporting role because Viola Davis is in the wrong category because I don't think any of the women in the Best Actress category would have a chance against That her. would be Isabel Huppert. No, I didn't see Ruth that. Ruth Negra, Natalie Portman for Jackie Emma Let's Stone talk about Ruth Negra for just a second in uh, Loving I saw that. I got to tell you, I think her performance, the, that film was a really, have you seen, I seen I it? I did not see I it. I did. A very quiet movie, which I love. It's damn near passive. And I, you, you know? thought it was passive? Well, it's not a very aggressive movie about its topic. I, would, I wouldn't call it passive at all, but I call it the, the people were passive. But also it's a part of the time. It's about ordinary people caught in extra, extraordinary circumstance. And, you know, when there's that one scene in the film, they used it in the trailer when, uh, the the husband uh, played by um, oh Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. They say, what, you know, what, do you have anything to say? You know, uh, he says, yeah. Just and he turns his head and he just looks back with his eyes and he says, yeah. Tell him I love my wife. And I thought, oh my god, I just lost it. Yeah. And that was so powerful. And that's filmmaking. That's what I loved. It's about filmmaking. It's about the, and I love the the silences in the movie were so. I I wouldn't call it passive at all. I thought it was really powerful. Well, you just got to wrap your head around. It's not like a, well, it's not like it's not like a time to kill or no, something. It's, no, when it's you're not looking your at action, yeah. Who else is for Jeff Nichols? Time? I think is one of the great directors out there, though. That I met him. Real He's, unique yeah. American voice because you're a celebrity. 
Yeah. Well, I just, that was one joke. Let it go, straight boy. Uh, anyway, so, and then, of course, the, 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 the front runner, they say, is uh, Natalie Portman for Jackie, which is that I saw. Right? And she's great. But, but, but I mean, the best performance was probably Amy Adams in Arrival, and that was the, probably the biggest But she of wasn't the nominated. No, yeah. the best performance but is, they, is, they, in, is Annette Benning in the 20th century. Uh, also a snub, yeah. I really I haven't seen it yet. And the really biggest snub was Nate Parker, honestly. And no jokes aside for The Birth of a Nation playing Nat Turner. I mean, if you watch that scene on the porch where he uses, again, incredible language and it speaks, you know, that now we're singing a new song. I, I mean, I was there when he shot that. Mm -hmm. That was my first day on the set. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, I got to get my crap together here. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, they're doing it. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, his, his ability to... Uh, use language and also use his face at the same time. And there was a quiet sort of um, uh, masculinity and, and po powerfulness. And you don't know whether Nate uh, Nat Turner is insane, a hero, or completely mentally ill because of what's been hap what happened to people in that time. And I think he really played all three. You'd have, every, you'd have every right to be mentally ill. Absolutely. I, no, I think driven so. I don't know how you wouldn't the, be, the way people treated... By slavery. Yeah. I mean, I, it's... it's when we Wait, I should give a quick recap for those folks who are okay. listening. The Birth of a Nation is the film from 2016. Nate Parker directed, star, wrote it, and he plays Nat Turner, who... And raised the money. And raised the money. Producer, wow. And, and he, he made uh, the film about Nat Turner, which is a legendary slave revolt from the Civil War. And that's 1831, the before the Civil War. 1831, 1831, and if you watch the film at the end, you'll see how it, it, how it progresses to the Civil War. Is there's a beautiful, if you really, because I've seen the film. Yeah, the final shots. Really yeah, good. six times. So I, because I'm in the film, as uh, if anybody didn't know that, uh, and I got to say, it was just. Uh, an incredible work experience. But going with the Oscars, Wait, we'll talk no, 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 let's move on to Birth of a Nation. Oh, you want to do it? Okay. I want to play a little clip of you, and this is... Uh, oh, wow. How'd, yeah, this how'd is Joseph get, Randall, your did character. You get the we know somebody. Yeah, we oh, know. my God. Uh, this is... Now, you're one of the first people that... Army Hammer is the slave owner of uh, Nat Turner, and... And he, his childhood friend. Yeah, they oh, were, right? grew up they together. They grew up together yeah, like he's brothers. The, oh, that's right, the right. The boy, the course, blonde. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they... um. I thought you were saying Army and Nat. Oh, no, no, no. The characters. Like, the characters. He always misunderstands everything. He goes down the street and then he drives. I understand and, you. Uh, okay. But uh, they realize that they these white men realize they could be making money if they take Nat and job him out sort of for preaching at these various uh, because, farms because, where there's low morale. Right. And the low morale is because maybe they, because my character says I cut him back to a meal a day. Wait, we got that right here. So this is, you're one of the mm -hmm. first people they pitch this to. It's hard times for small farmers like you and myself. Breaking even's hard enough, but getting ahead's impossible. So to save some, I cut them back to a meal a day per head. Now, a few of them started getting fidgety, so I had Abner come down on them. Abner here? It's my only real protection. Now, they needs to mind me. You speak on that. They treasure in heaven from submitting and all. They gets to moaning or carrying on. You don't pay them no mind. Because they're lazy as all hell, they do anything to get out of work. You ready, boy? Now, when he says he has one person, uh, one thing to protect him, it's a very tall black man behind him. Yeah, that's protecting who is, him. Who is my house slave? Yeah, and who could be my son? I mean, oh, that's, that's that's what's true. really interesting is the incest that's and true. the and the way the house slaves were really part of the fabric 
of the family. Mm-hmm. And people, I did a lot of research where, you know, houses were miles sometimes apart and there was no cars. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a horse or two. People weren't really leaving to go to the store, you yeah. know, and, and pick up something because everything was made on the actual plantation. And it, it, there were little communities. So sexuality sort of, there was a lot of, you know, inbreeding and also not a lot of people mm-hmm. living and it's sort of it's such a it's hard for us to understand that you guys could be married he could be having an affair with one of the uh, slaves who truly could be in love with him in some weird way mm-hmm. and you would be in the house and go you know and what do you say oh you know alice is here again you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? i mean it's yeah. just like I, I don't even understand it's hard for us to constantly you know to have any concept of what was going on then people ask me how did you play such an awful person because i played one of three uh plantation owners and rape murder and um Mm -hmm. torture the three things that our characters do so people said to me how did i play a part like that number one it was great fun to play that part Mm -hmm. number two i read the script only once and then i never picked it up again because i didn't want to know anything that my character caused. I didn't want to know about it. I just wanted to play the part. Mm-hmm. And in each scene, you're all actors, except for him. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, and um, you know, you play the scene and play what you have to get and play your objective and what you want to do in the scene. And that's what I did. And it was an incredible uh, experience as an artist. It changed me as a person, honestly. And then to be with this film for the whole year and promoting it and going to the festivals... Well, let's go back to the beginning then, uh-huh. because you, Nate raises the money. He wants to make this. It's a it's a truly an indie film. To have well, it's a ten million dollars or seven point eight point five eight point five. I guess is what the final was on. Yeah, it, but I it think. wasn't like hey, Warner Brothers financed. No, not this. at all. He no, went and got the money and he made it. So how do you get involved? So uh, five years ago, I got an agent in, in New Orleans, and I started auditioning for things there by putting myself on tape in my dining room basically i being a gay man have an accent wall and uh, i would take the picture off and i do (laughs) the scene and i got to play all these and a lot certainly because it took place a lot of them were mississippi atlanta uh you know new orleans a lot of southern characters and i've never had a problem playing southern characters and uh so i did i just kept auditioning and then for two years i got nothing and then two years i got called in for some film called mississippi grind and i flew out for that to uh, meet with the directors, two wonderful directors. And then I got, uh, did uh, Sleepy Hollow. And oh, then nice. I, and then I got just tired. The TV off, show, yeah. Yeah, I just got hired oh. off the tape. Great. And show up in uh, South Carolina, and I shot that. And then I uh, got called. I, I, I'm on the way to a stand-up gig, and my agent says, oh, you got to do this part. we got to get this for this thing called Birth of the Nation, and you got to play a plantation. you got to get this on tape by... You know, it was seven o'clock and I was driving to a gig far away and I'm the headliner. So I'm last. Mm -hmm. So that means I won't finish and get home until like midnight. And uh, I don't have time to work and I'll be exhausted. And I saw it's two scenes and that long monologue that you just heard was in it that I had to audition and prepare for. And they want this. They want the tape by noon the next day. So I uh, lucky I didn't have a publicist at the time, but I did have an assistant that I was working with every week. I said, get there at 9 a.m. instead of. 10 he was booked to work we I put myself on tape sent it off by 11 and that was it I was done uh, a week later I get a call and says uh, they want me to come and meet this guy named Nate Parker that name sounds familiar I look him up he was in you know S- Secret Life of the Bees and uh, the film uh, Red Tails Red Tails and he was also in the Denzel Washington film uh, oh yeah Great Debaters Great Debaters and then then I then, he's, then he had a film out that romantic yes. film uh, the, uh, sort of the bodyguard kind of thing uh, Behind the Lights yeah 
or above the lights or beyond, beyond the, light. the lights, something like yeah. that. And I thought, oh, I know this guy. And and then he was in Arbitrage, which I completely forgot. Great movie. Yes, really great movie with Richard Gere. And I just just loved that movie. And he got all these awards. And I thought, oh, wow, okay. I'm, I, so I, I got a cheap plane ticket you know, that I use a frequent flyer for. And then I get some crappy hotel. <laughs> And uh, even crappier car, and I fly out there in the middle of the night to get there to audition the next day. And, I'm at, and in the hotel, there's some pregnant woman smoking on the balcony, and some oh. guy in the pool looks like he's going to murder me in my sleep. I take my crappy car. I drive to, three hours early to this strip mall, half hour to Savannah, Georgia. And I'm in the restaurant, and I put a thing, oh, I'm auditioning for a plantation owner, and I put it on Facebook, and 400 people say, oh, how cool, I hope you get it. And I think, this is never going to happen. So I go back to my car, you know, I get the script, so I'm two hours early after lunch, I still don't have anything to do. So I'm sitting around the parking lot, you know, re- repeating my lines and saying the N-word over and over again. As and, you do <laughs> yeah, in a I'm, strip mall. Because I've never said the N-word very much, except maybe in my car, <laughs> uh, when I'm singing to Snoop Dogg. Anyway. Right. And I never the you know the ER just the AS. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I so I see some man comes over to me and he says, uh, "I know you." And I'm thinking, there's a fan in a parking lot a half hour of Savannah, Georgia. No, that's crazy. Right. It's Nate Parker. Oh my goodness! And I was like, all of a sudden I went, <sighs> and he was so kind and so that's open. Great that that happened. And he was so handsome, and I just thought, I just sort of relaxed. Yeah. Then I went in in a red. And he said, can you do it again? Can you be a little more funnier? You're being a little, oh. you know, and I said, can I roller skate? <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. you know, can, I, can I be funny? So I, I said, would you mind if I did both scenes? Because it was, the, again, the monologue. So I wanted to get my, you know, and then I just sort of played the scene a little funnier. And then I did that. And he said, thank you very much. And I thought, okay, I'm never going to see this guy again. It's mm-hmm. a great project. Good luck. Get a call the next day from my agent in New Orleans, assistant, because my agent wasn't there that day. And she goes, hi. She says, how's your day going? I said, Megan, it's fine. What's going on with you? She says, well, it's about to get a lot better. And I said, why? She says, well, you got the part. And I said, well, what part? Yeah, right. Because I thought it was one of the other things that mm-hmm. I put myself on tape for. She says, well, the plantation owner. I said, don't you tease me. And then she said, you got it. And I just broke down and I That's cried. awesome. And I had another friend on the other line. I never went back to him. I completely forgot I was talking to someone else. <laughs> and Roger Ganver Smith plays Isaiah in the film. Right? I think he's great, too. And he, a lot of people know him. He's a light-skinned black guy who was in all the Spike Lee movies. And uh, he, uh, I knew him because we had done a movie called Dirty the year before. And uh, we became friendly. And I uh, rewind just a little. When I got the call back to fly to Savannah, Georgia, on my own dime, I... Um, called him I said hey could you put a word in for me and he, he called me back he said I talked to to Nate he said you were good we liked you you know you just go and do a good job but we didn't talk much about you I said okay that didn't help so when I got <laughs> it I sent him an email and I said thank you for putting a word in he said and he said in his own way there's no other way it's very poetic the way he says he says oh shit man you had it from the get-go what all you had to do you know and I thought oh man so I got this part because of my work yeah which was really great because I was so afraid when I got there on the set that I was going to get fired for being gay. Oh, Not because they knew I was gay, because they'd see it, you know, like you're, there's a there's an expression called your slip is showing. Right. So I was afraid I would do something with my hand or my voice or something would happen. And I worked on this film like four hours a day for seven days before I left. And then I flew to uh, Jacksonville, uh, Florida, where a friend of mine there lives, and I was five days early. 
from when I was going to start because if they needed me for a table read or to mm -hmm. meet with the director, I wanted to meet with him. And I met with him and he called me and I went to his house that he was renting. And he, it, was, look, it was like Thanksgiving and his kids running around and his mother-in-law and everybody's and his wife was there. And, and they took me to this office that was in the back over a garage. And the first thing I said to him, I said, thank you so much for casting me. And he said, no, thank you. Uh -huh. And I turned my head and I almost fell apart because it's not every day you get to be a part of something that's a part of history that changes the way people think. And I knew that this film was important. I didn't know it was going to be such a big deal when what happened at Sundance. I mean, when we, the room shook. I've never been in a movie. And I was, the year before I was in Tangerine, which was a big hit. I love Tangerine. And the year before that, I was in Love is Strange, which is Iris Sachs film with uh, Fred Molina and Marissa Tomei and John Lithgow. So I had been at Sundance two years before with films, which is something I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it wasn't like a farm, but this was completely different. It's like, you know, you want to go to a party and you want to get in. Well, I was at the party that everybody was calling me to get in. That, you know, wow. that was more exciting than actually being at the party. And then when you get to the party, usually it's not exciting. But this was exciting because I was with all my castmates and I was with people who were, you could see people were so moved by the movie. And then when we brought it to Toronto, we got two standing ovations. In Sundance, we won the Best uh, Picture Award and the Best Audience Award. And uh, Nate Parker recently just got nominated for Best Director at the Directors Guild, Best New Director. And the film has been nominated for five Image Awards and on a lot of 10 Best Lists. And I think it's really been robbed of, of the more success it could have had with other awards because of the misinformation about Nate Parker. And I know this man, and I we're still in touch. And I just uh, really, I really learned something this year about racism and the way people treat people, and the way that's why I say be so careful what you say now, because we're not living in the same world that we all grew up in, mm -mm. where we can make a joke and people know that it goes on the internet, and all of a sudden one thing rolls into another. You know, I'm going to build a wall. You know, and now well, I'm it's not, just like going to pay for it. I don't know. It's just like the way it. they cut to just what they wanted with the dog. Exactly. They can you can be doing all these jokes, and then you say one thing, and they'll just use. But they that. never even gave. The, they did it publicly before they even got a chance for the people to say, "Hey, this is what happened." Yeah. And well, I, and they and they, you know, the director of A Dog's Purpose said, "Why didn't they just re release the video the next day if they really wanted to?" Yeah, change the way later. on set. Yeah, it was like well, a year and a half later waited a, to the opening. It was sabotage. When you're doing a movie that's so, where there's so many people, Fox Searchlight really tried so hard and they, you know, they decided all of us weren't allowed to do any press right. and everything stopped for two weeks before oh, we went We're back to, to the Nate thing. Yeah, yeah. back to yeah. Nate. Mm -hmm. Back to, when we went Should back you explain to, for listeners what, what that's well, all about? Well, he was accused, uh, 20 years ago, he was accused of rape by a, a girlfriend he had in college and he went to, through a trial and he was not guilty. And it didn't matter to anybody that he was not guilty. They just decided that, you know, he was. And mm -hmm. it's just, it wasn't the truth. If you, I don't want to say specifics because it's mm -hmm. really not pertinent, you know, to talk about this in, in, on this show in this form format. If people want, they can go read the court transcripts. They're there. But the, the fact is, is that he wasn't and that he was, uh, the press sort of did a public lynching of him and say, why doesn't he apologize? And, you know, and he was, and it's just, I've never seen anything happen like that in my life. And there are other actors who have had, and I won't say, because I don't want to say names, because I don't want to repeat things that I don't know anything about, but have been accused of other crimes and, and, and stuff with women and sexual. It's much, uh, it's the choice of people bringing forth the information, because you're saying that Nate had done a series of other films 
And nobody brought this up. It was on his uh, Wikipedia page, and it's never not been on it. And it's it's just a big thing now because he's having success with something. I think it's also because it's a film about black people killing white people. Exactly. And it's a really powerful movie. And if anybody has the chance to see it away from anything that that happened, and I I didn't mean to if I jumped on you, but I do think it's really important to talk about if you're going to talk about in the words that we use and how we describe what was going on when it happened like somebody says you know say i believe in the bible i said do you speak aramaic no well you don't really know you're you just know sort the of, translations you, you know the translation of the mm-hmm. translation of the translation we don't really know and also the the euphemisms and the and the, and the cultural and, and all the things that happen and how in england the word fag is a cigarette and here in the united states it's a it's a derogatory term towards mm-hmm. gay people I mean, it's something is so language can change so much. Well, now it's going to be even more confusing because we all know that we're allowed to use alternative facts. So yeah, that's the new. We thing. won't even know what's real. Is. Nothing's real, but we're going to build real. a wall, and mm-hmm. we're, now we're all paying for it because it was an alternative fact. But anyway, do you ba- think that that the film would have fared better if it came out more oh, towards yeah. award season? Of course, uh, I, that was weird well, that they no, did it. Um, no, I, I mean, as oh. far as the end of were, end of they, year I think they awards, were, I think they were out to get him. And and several publications, you know, almost every publication would would start it with these one or two paragraphs about this. It's never written about who are they? Any of the the show business press. Okay, so the show, so so the industry itself, and and, and other press too, because it got regurgitated through all the other press. But I I don't want to say because I don't want to repeat names and give people credit. But I I've looked it up, and you know, specific show business press, literally twenty six to thirty stories maybe more when i looked it up it was like 30 stories written about the, the film all had these paragraphs in it about that it was never written about just the film and if anybody wants to see the film you can see it now on streaming and dvd and it's a brilliant movie i gotta tell you i watched the movie without any of that garbage because i forgot all about that oh wow and until you brought it up right now i went oh yeah there's a thing isn't there i totally forgot about the thing uh-huh well i'm sorry that i did <laughs> now you've ruined it now <laughs> edit that down <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I want to talk about Tangerine. Who did you play in Tangerine? Because I loved it. I play uh, the manager doorman, Joey the doorman. Uh, at Is that the iPhone movie? Yes. Yeah, it's really good. Have you seen it? No, no. It's so a, touching. It's, and there are some real, there were some non-actors in that, right? The lead, right? Uh, no, well, not really. They, she oh, okay. wanted to be an actress, so she had acted in other okay, things. Okay, good. She was and, great. So they, they were people that wanted to be actors. So they weren't people that they just said, oh, you're acting now. So The cab driver was wonderful. I yeah. need transvestites. Get me more transvestites. <laughs> they're not transvestites. They're That's actually, a quote from a movie. Oh, okay. what oh. movie was that from? Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Oh. When in doubt, Ed Bart's Wood. quoting Ed Wood. Um, I love the cab driver they're guy. transgender He gals. was wonderful. Oh, you can't yeah. be a transgender he, gal, can you? You can just be transgender. Well, anybody can be a gal or a guy. A guy. If you're transgender, you can go either way. I I, I, somebody give me the rules, please. <laughs> there are no rules. It's it's a gray area. The um, thing I I did not expect when I saw that movie is that it would be so much about friendship. Oh, I really so well, what, happy. What's about really that. about the movie's about the day in the life of these two ga- working yeah. girls and how they have to do what they have to do, and it shows the sadness and what has to happen. And the actual girl Maya Taylor. Who uh, the brunette in the in the film? I mentored for uh, a year or two, and I've been close to her. And you know, she the story is somewhat close to her life. Oh. And the other gal, uh, the blonde gal, Kiki mm-hmm. Rodriguez, is now still living on the street. No, 
and in you know in, in not in not in a great place no yeah wow so it's really interesting she was nominated for best actress next to Kate Blanchett for Carol for the spirit award and you know, I said if she doesn't come, I'm wearing the blonde wig and I'm showing up. If she good wins. for you again with the wigs with this guy. I'm a, I'm obsessed, that's why I can't watch Game of Thrones. There's too many too wigs. many wigs. <laughs> um, I'm obsessed with I am obsessed with hair and wigs because I'm bald. You but, know, Paul. Uh, you know, I, uh, Jason um, Bart has a really interesting theory about women can wear wigs whenever, but men should be able to just wear wigs, just have their like hair for like work hair, occasional hair. I should have my my evening hair, my sporting hair. You know, now, celebrities do it, but yeah. everybody should. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton, he'll he show up it. somewhere. He's got red carpet hair on. Then he shows up somewhere else yeah. to work, and he's got the work hair. And then he shows. Well, he up has a lot else. of different hair. Yeah. yeah, he just does it. But other people, but can't no one goes, "Hey, he's trying to pull one over on us." No, we go, no. "Hey, he's got his formal hair on." He's but John Travolta his... does it too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, John Travolta has his "I'm famous" hair, and then yep. when you saw him, in he different has the things. worst hair. Why really? No t- oh my God! Oh, his his uh, his Eddie Munster painted the on hairline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the the yeah. devil. What is it? Widow's Peak. Widow's like, Peak. Yeah, yeah. Looks you like know, Eddie. I think sometimes it looks good. There has been times it hasn't, but the, la- when I saw him the last time with the Golden Globes, looked best in Savages. He looked good. Oh, Sa- Savages. He let his hair grow. Yeah. Oliver Stone insisted, but he's not afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I just think it should be socially acceptable and economically feasible for guys like you and I <laughs> to do that. Because I would feasible. like that. Really? Yeah, he I looks would... great in lots of hair. <laughs> We did a sketch one time, and he played a rock star, and he had to play, wear, like, 80s heavy metal hair. Oh, my God. This face needs hair. It's crazy. That face no, no. is great with hair. You don't need hair. Mm, Thank you. Very, it's even better with hair. Even better. Even that's, better. That's I waited a long making. time to shave my head, and I just and I used to wear different kinds of hair. Oh, yeah? Because I started losing my hair really young, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, and, and people didn't know for the longest time. But then occasionally, you have a bad hair day, and that's and somebody will catch you or take a picture of you, and you, oh god, you know. Mm-hmm. I started losing my hair three years ago when I was twenty-eight. Really? Oh lord! Stop on it. that note, Paul, you have hair, right, you have hair yeah. right here. Let me ask you. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you what we ask everyone who comes on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time? Ordinary people. Oh, perfect didn't timing! Even Mary wait. Tyler Moore passed it, today. It really, right. God you bless killed her. her. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen it. Let me write the it down. I need to watch it. Ordinary People started a whole genre of films. It was written by Alvin Sargent, directed by Robert Redford. And I went to go see Airplane because everybody was talking about it, mm-hmm. how funny it was. And then they said, oh, you want to stay for this preview? It's this movie called Air, uh, Ordinary People with Mary Tyler Moore and Judd Hirsch and you know all these people that I know. Mary Tyler Moore said, oh. I, and I was like, oh, my God. And the, the, you, know, you see the screen. And it just... It, it, as a film, it, it just so changed the way I thought about acting and the way movies are made and the way it was shot. There was something about the film that was so intense. And also, uh, you know, for those who don't know, it's about a, a family, in, a, a rich family that lives in uh, the suburbs of Chicago. And uh, it's about one of the kids, they have two children, two boys, and one of them gets uh, drowns in a, in a boating accident. And the other one doesn't. And then the other one feels so guilty that he tries to commit suicide. And it's about forgiving yourself. So it was, it didn't, it never really, even at the time, I didn't really get why it meant so much to me, but it is about forgiving yourself and forgiving other people and having a parent who can't handle it, Mm -hmm. who just can't do it. You know, and I had parents like that who couldn't do it. And you never saw a mom like that or a dad like that in a movie. Mm-hmm. You never saw a father that was too weak to say, hey, to the mom, hey, you got to, you know. And But I grew up like that. You, not that my dad was weak, but you saw them kowtowing to the mother's crazy behavior, you know. 
And uh, there was an there's an incredible scene in the film where Timothy Hutton, who won the Oscar for playing the son that that commits suicide, he's outside in the backyard and it's cold at Chicago, and the mom walks out and she says, "Hey, what are you doing out here?" And he says, "Nothing." And he says, "Oh, she says, well, it's cold, yeah." And she says, "You know, we always we had a dog once." And they start to talk about a dog, and then he starts to bark, and they're not. And she says, "We're going to stay out here, wear a sweater." They weren't talking about anything that they were talking about. And it was the first time that I really noticed in a scene how you could, basically they were trying to connect Mm -hmm. and there was no connection. They couldn't talk to each other. They couldn't even have a conversation. I thought, oh my God, that's so real. That's the way, you know, and I thought, God, that's the kind of acting that I want to do. And then my second favorite movie is probably Funny Girl. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. (laughs) Because. What a kismet kind of day. Well, because when I was a kid, um, I, I remember driving my uh, Schwinn Olive uh, Schwinn Olive uh, Stingray with the banana white yes. seat with the sparkles in it to you know because they used to have that sparkly mm-hmm. white seat. I love it. And that. I drove it to the Pan Plastic. Pacific Theater on Beverly Boulevard and to see Funny Girl, this this Jewish girl everybody was talking about. And when I saw the movie, I'd never seen a movie about a Jewish person because I'm Jewish who was funny on the outside and sad on the inside and felt like me. Mm-hmm. And if and I never saw them being a romantic figure, were someone who wasn't perfect. Right. And so does she change. People don't realize that you know Streisand was the Lady Gaga of her time. You know she was so outrageous and so different and such a, a trendsetter. And uh, she changed the way you looked at who was going to be the leading person in the film. You know, and uh, I, it really changed. My uh, my way of looking. Talk at about a, a kismet day. That's what I was saying. Bart just saw The Lion in Winter for the first time. Yes. Which, which version? Uh, Catherine Hepburn, Peter O'Toole. Oh and Catherine Hepburn and uh, Barbara Streisand tied for Best Actress that wow. year. Oh. Isn't that interesting? How, did Full they circle. Get, did they each get a trophy? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. only been two times in the history of the Academy Awards that there's been ties in the actors, and one was for Barbara Streisand and Catherine Hepburn. And then the other was uh, Frederick March and Wallace Berry for the champ, and Frederick March for uh, uh, Doctor um, for uh, oh uh, you know feel good no the, the, the two strange love the two doctors you know the uh, Javago you know Doctor Hyde that one yeah Doctor Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde Doctor Jekyll and there Mr. we go Hyde. wow <laughs> it takes them it takes the village people <laughs> I used to remember it takes village people to get it this. takes the village people <laughs> to get this show done <laughs> that's the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> For a man and the first time for a woman, it's never happened again. Yeah. All right, well, let's take a look at the finale then, Karen. Oh, yeah, Our I'm big ready. finally. All right. Uh, the birthdays of those who make the movies. Karen's going to go over them now. And, and a big, wait, a big, yes, a, a sir. Big, just a moment for Mary oh, Tyler Moore. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, what an icon. And they said something Hot. About- that woman in Dick Van Dyke was smoking. Well, that's why she got the job oh first. And then she, they didn't know that she, she was going to so be a great pretty. comedian. So pretty. On the show, and she sort of understood that. I mean, she changed television. For that show and the Mary Tyler Moore. And the people don't know that she did such great work. And, and she was so funny and flirting with disaster, one of David O. Russell's first films. She did the first film about bre- breast cancer. She played Betty Rollins in First You Cry. She played Mary Todd on TV with Sam Waterston. She d- won Emmys for TV movies. She did these really great TV movies with these great leading men in the uh, probably the 80s and the 90s. You know, she just was extraordinary. 
and uh, her last uh, thing that she did was uh, the reunion on uh, Hot Cleveland with some of her. Oh yeah, Betty the Davis. Yeah. No, not Betty Davis. Betty, Betty White. White. Betty White. <laughs> 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 Betty White, who is outliving them all. Yeah, she's still alive. She's she 115. Amazing. Why am I here? <laughs> so, whose birthday is this week, Carrie? Karen's birthday. It's time for Karen's birthday. Karen's birthday. It's time for Karen's Before I start this birthday, I'm going to say sadly this person has passed away. Normally, I do birthdays of people that are still with us, but the reason I did this birthday is because I was writing birthdays yesterday and I had a dream. I usually don't remember my dreams, but I very distinctly remember this dream that I was hanging out with John Belushi. And nice. Belushi and I were talking, and he was super cool. And Dan was there, Dan Eckert was there a little bit. But Belushi was talking to me about the Blues Brothers and how they came up with the idea to do the blues and then have their characters sing it, but they really never talked about the fact that they're doing the blues in a different time period. And he talked to me about my group, the Boubet Sisters. He's like, it's cool that you guys are 60s because people don't care about that. As long as you guys believe it, you just kind of love that music and then you use that to be the bridge to your characters. Whole thing, right? I wake up, I'm like... Oh, wow, I just hung out with John Belushi. I go to research birthdays, and he it was his birthday. Like, I didn't even know it was Belushi's birthday. And There's I a lot this, of characters like that, though, in history. Oh, movies. wonderful. Uh, Terry, the lovely Terry Garr in, in the film, the, the Scorsese film. Uh, oh, God, with uh, Griffin Dunn. After Hours. After, after Hours, yeah. Thank you. I need you around me. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's all sorts of characters that are stuck in a moment. And if you go to Cantor's on any day here in They're all Hollywood, stuck in a moment. They're all stuck in a certain year. You get a waitress go, honey, what do you want? They're like, oh, 58. Mm. Yeah, got 63. She just, just loved that hairdo. Never changed. Well, I just want you to know that I did the math. And if Belushi were with us today, he'd be 67. Mm. Wow. Wouldn't that be an interesting to see a 67-year-old Belushi? But he did die at 33. You ever meet a guy that kind of uh, smells like pepperoni? Yeah. That, that Belushi looks like he might do he that. He looks like he might smell like pepperoni. Pepperoni. But that's okay. I like how old's, pepperoni. How old's Murray? 68? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But who was the first who was the first Saturday Night Live person to get an Oscar nomination? I thought it was was it Garrett Ma- Morris. <laughs> Garrett's <laughs> great. Don't make fun of Garrett. Was it, I do like Garrett. Uh, is, wait, 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 let me make a guess. Uh Jane Because my Curtin. guess is gonna be Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. For Dan Driving Aykroyd. Miss Daisy. A supporting actress. Oh, I got gotcha. you. And Bill mm-hmm. Murray, of course. And then, uh, what's her name? Uh, um, Jane Curtin? No, she wasn't nominated. Oh, Bridesmaids got nominated for Best Screen. Oh, M- Melissa McCarthy? Kristen yeah. Wiig. Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig, who I think is extraordinary I love her. Actress. She's very good. I loved her in Ghostbusters, the new so one. So many things, mm-hmm. more than just that. I love it. Uh, and this is kind of fun. So in 1978, when uh, Belushi, for those of you who don't know jo- who John Belushi is, uh, we, of course, all do. But he started off in Saturday Night Live in 1975. And the very first movie he appeared in was Going South, which was directed by, it starred and was directed by Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. And Mary Steenburgen, that was her first movie. And it was here in that movie that John Landis, the director, decided to cast him in another movie, National Lampoon's Animal House. Now, he was already doing Lampoon mm. whenever he was doing the stage show. So it's just kind of neat how people see you doing something else. Obviously, that's how work begets work. But that's when Landis saw him. And, of course, that was kismet because they did a ton of stuff together. And then with Dan Aykroyd, he was on SNL. And they both quit the series to pursue movie careers, which I think was only after one season for John. They they did three or four. Three or four seasons. I must be thinking of Chevy. Chevy left the Mm -hmm. first year and then didn't do anything until he left after 75. And and then he did uh, foul play with Goldie Hawn. And it was, it was just so weird that he left. People told him to do it, and, he, and it was just really it weird. It was a little too soon, but it I was great so. because it gave Bill Murray a chance who I love. Vegas Vacation. I work with him. Get out of here. Yeah. How was he back then? Was he, he crazy he, yet? He, he, I was on the set. I, I had a very small part mm-hmm. of this kitchen worker. I had these funny lines, and I was a buffet guy. 
And Randy Quaid was in the movie, <gasps> and I worked with Randy Quaid, who was, oh. who was just so sweet and so nice. Aww. And Chevy, Chevy didn't even say hello to me, <gasps> and we started rehearsing, and it was at the Sands Hotel right before it got torn down. And he walks in, and we did the scene, and he, and he goes, oh, so you're going to be funny in this. Oh, and I started, So, And then the director uh, comes over to me, Jeff Pollock, he says, oh, you know, he says, look, Chevy's, uh, he just, he, he likes to kid around. I said, oh, look, okay. I'm gay and I'm a nightclub comedian. There's nothing you can say to me. I'm also a Jew. <laughs> You've got it covered. So the whole If day, you were a woman, then, yeah. Yeah. I, and the, uh, so it's so funny because I spent the whole time on the set just talking to him in an English accent. <laughs> I said, Chevy, <laughs> great to see you. Because I thought he, he just loved it. He was very sweet. That's so funny. Yeah, because I hear he gets a little more persnickety as he gets older to work with. I, well, this was in the 90s. Yeah, so, so he was still probably okay. Before, I don't know. Before whatever that community? TV show, yeah, Community. Where apparently melted down. <sighs> now, this is kind of neat. Um, I love Spies Like Us. I don't know if you guys loved it. I, I can't remember it. It turns out that now John uh, Belushi was going to be Dan Rackard's co-star in that, but then it eventually went to Chevy Chase. I would have liked to have seen it with John. I thought that would have been interesting. Is it because John died? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> didn't happen. But originally but they well, were starting out there. Well, it was supposed to be a Ghostbuster, too. I mean, it was all sorts yeah, of projects that's John true. Belushi could have been in. But then he became, of course, the impetus for Slimer. So I was saying he could play anywhere from Bluto to Slimer. I that's like kind that. of a lateral move. Mm-hmm, it pretty much is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're both what was his last film? Uh, he was working on a script entitled Noble Rot. No, but what did he? What did he actually last film? Well, Continental Divide. I yeah, thought that was it. Blair Brown. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was it, trying to get into the romantic comedy. He lost a lot of weight and trying to. He's get into so it. lovable too. I could see him pulling that off. He did pull it off. I thought he was very good in it. I have not I seen who that. Directed it, but mm-hmm. should. Mm-hmm. Did you know his favorite comedian was Lucille Ball? I Whoa. did. He knew every everyone, detail of her career and life. Everyone knew that. God, <laughs> so Stop embarrassing <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Now, this is something you guys probably saw, but in the um, he was scheduled to present the first Best Visual Effects Oscar at the 1982 Academy Awards with Dan Aykroyd, but he died weeks before the ceremony. And Dan said, my partner would have loved to have been here tonight to present this award since he was a bit of a visual effect himself. Uh, His dying nice. really put an end to a lot of things he was supposed to do. He was doing some cool stuff, and then that well, happened. He, he didn't get to do a lot after he died. He no. Started, well, he was really hot at he the was time. Really hot. And it was a time when you were allowed to do a lot of drugs. Yeah. Robert Williams stopped doing drugs, apparently. Yeah, it really affected a lot but, of those people. But it people. wasn't just him. It was a, a lot of people in the industry stopped. They said It was like a wake-up call, because mm-hmm. it was the the 70s were over. It was 83, but it took that. That three. and the Twilight Zone thing, probably. Oh, oh my right, God. with Landis. <laughs> stopped, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm making a, a connection here between these two thoughts, but I love Bill Murray very much, and I love the idea that he just stops in on people, he'll go in, you do your dishes, he'll do karaoke with you. Had him over the other day. There you go. Well, I'm starting to get the idea that maybe he get that idea from Belushi, because Belushi was known as America's guest, and that's because he would wander off on location, and they'd find him napping on someone's couch near the place. He'd knock on someone's door and be like, hey, I just need to get away for a second. Can I come in? And they're like, yes, John Belushi, come in. And there's a story um, at Universal on one of the backlot tours that he would just wander off, and then he'd go take a nap, have some beer with a neighbor. Well, I wanted to... uh, Enjoy. I just decided to dedicate the entire birthdays to Belushi because I just thought there was so much to say about him. But, Bar, you know how much I love when celebrities sing? This is true. Uh, Now that you've been on the show, uh, people are going to stop you on the street. They're probably going to grab you by the collar. Well, I can't help it. And they're going to say, tell me two very interesting things about that Karen Volpe. And the first thing you're going to tell them is She did Funny Girl. She did Funny Girl. That's right. She is a celebrity. Uh (laughs) That's right. And then you're going to tell them. 
Karen Volpe loves when celebrities sing. I was thinking more along the lines of a little John Belushi <gasps> singing, he but did not that. Blues Brothers music. What? Actually, singing from a movie before that called Old Boyfriends, and this is him singing a little Jailhouse Rock. Nice. He has a great voice. It did work. Yeah. yeah. Well, this could be Elvis, honestly. It's great, yeah. It's just casual. He's not trying. Yeah. Well, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Together with the movie guys, individually we are. Carol. Who starred in that movie? What, old boyfriends? Natalia Shire. Directed, Carradine. Directed by Joan Tewsbury. Yes. It's true. Nice. You Isn't got it. it. Nailed it. You win. Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, let's see. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys, Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, YouTube, iTunes, Instagram, all that nonsense for daily jokes and links. Thanks to Jason Stewart. Yay! Thank you. Yay! Uh, go see The Birth of a Nation, which has which has rightly and proudly snatched the name from that racist D.W. Griffith well, they film took it, from we, years we ago. We took it back. I love the posters for the film. Isn't it great? Uh, with, with just they spray painted over it. Nat Turner was here. Pretty cool. Um, it's really, really great movie. Where else can people follow you? You got social uh, and all that? I will be next seen on Love, the Judd Apatow show on oh, yes. Netflix. With friend and of the show, Chris Witoski. Oh, wonderful. Here. And I will be, uh, I've got a couple more films coming out. If you want to come see me live, just go to jasonstewart.com. S-T-U-A-R-T, Stuart. Stuart. And you can see all the app- appearances. My, and you can also, all my social media is on the top. And thanks to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions to the show every week. And, of course, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Yay. Remember, you can always find us at themovieguys.net. Next week, the releases calm down a little, and we get two. Oh, good. Rings oh, and the space between us. We'll see you then. Best rehearsal ever, Jason. Jason.